Storehouse Dallas. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for that worship, man. Oh, thank you for kissing us tonight. We love you. I thank you, God, that you are releasing a spirit of understanding. Father, I thank you that clarity is coming to your people and the plumb line is going to drop. Father, we just love you and we receive all that you have for us tonight, God. Would you fill my mouth and help me cut this apple without cutting my hands? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to talk to you tonight about kind of who we are, access heaven to transform earth. You know, I came out of the marketplace and got radically encountered by the voice of the Lord. That's how I got saved is I heard the voice of the Lord and he said, rebuild my temple. And, the, the, and then I went into this whole open revelation time for about three weeks, seeing angels and demons with my open eyes. And I was having these, these open visions that looked like 3D pictures, like people walking up to me and talking to me. And it was kind of freaking me out because I'd never read the Bible and I'd never met anyone who had ever you know, God had ever talked to. So uh, I had no grid for any of this. And the first prophetic dream that he gave me was a dream of um, the Statue of Liberty. I saw the Statue of Liberty falling. And um, and I, I saw in its place, I saw uh, all of these young people, teenagers, and I saw them, they had um, uh, ropes around this enormous tree. And they began to erect this tree and pull this tree up. And the tree went higher than you could see. It just went way into the atmosphere. And, um, and, and they stood around the tree day and night and they never left it. It had such a massive trunk that you could get like a whole nation around this tree. And so in the place of, of, of political or, or, or a United States, uh, uh, worship, God was raising up this tree and on the tree in a heart, you know how you used to put your name in a heart of a tree? I don't know if y'all did that, but it was big in the fifties. Anyway, <clears throat> so, uh, carved in the tree was tree of life. And of course I was, I was not a Christian, you know, I'd never been, I was unchurched. I'd never read the Bible. I had no idea what a tree of life was until a couple of years later when I was like, oh, that's in the Bible. Wait, what is that? wait, that was Jesus. And so I just feel like it's such a sign. And so the tree of life has really had an important place in my heart and in my uh, prophetic history and my history with God. Um, and then about uh, two years ago, the Lord began to speak to me again about the tree of life. And, and, and it has increased in revelation. And he, and he said to me at the beginning of this year, he, he spoke Proverbs 13, 12 to me. And he said, because how many of you, like the past seven years, have like got punched in the face by the devil? I mean, hello, am I the only one with like a black eye? Um, so I was like, uh, okay, this really <laughs> isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> wow, I thought I was going to be like good looking, rich, and thin because I was a believer. No, I'm serious. I thought, okay, I'm on the good guys team because I was on the bad guys team. You know, I was going to the bars and doing the shots and doing the drugs and sleeping with the guys. And now I got on the good guy team and everything's going to be easy. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I was like, oh, wait, I got born onto a battlefield. Praise the Lord. So anyway, this tree of life thing. So, so the first part of that tree of life is, you know, uh, or the, the scripture 
In Proverbs 13, 12 is that um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I so associated with that, you know, because I had, I had been holding on to this dream. You know, when you get saved with the audible voice of the Lord, you know, you're expecting pretty big things. You're like, whoa, that was cool. And so what next, God? You know, you're thinking every day is going to be that way, right? You're like, okay, what do you want to say today? Hey, still small voice. <laughs> what? What about that thunder? Come on. So, so the thing that he spoke to me and the thing that he began to promise, he, he planted a seed in me. And I was like, all right. So I'm thinking, <clears throat> I'm going to put that on my schedule because uh, I used to build corporations. And so I thought, okay, I can do this. I can do this. I can rebuild your temple, you know, because I know how to build companies. So I can do that, right? Wrong. So there, so this whole thing called waiting game started happening, and it was a, it was one of those games where you don't actually, when you start it, you don't know what the rules are. You just know you're still waiting. And you're like, years go by, and you're like, well. <clears throat> So, okay, let me see if I got that right. Did I, did I hear you right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Okay, does that bear witness? You're like, what? Because <laughs> I really thought that was going to happen tomorrow. You know, it's kind of like Jesus is floating away on the clouds, and the he's like, I'll be back. And the disciples are like, okay, yeah, we need to set a table for him because he's coming back like now. He's coming back in this generation. We're all going to get ready. We're all going to get prepared because Jesus is coming back. Oops, <laughs> like 2,000 years. 2,000 years, you know, and you're like, I think you might be late because I died, you know? <laughs> so this whole dreams fulfilled thing, the Lord told me we are in the season of dreams being fulfilled, and I am releasing I am releasing. Now, here's the thing about dreams being fulfilled. I want you to be encouraged because dreams are about to be fulfilled. But here's the thing. It's not like fairy dust. He's not going to come in and go, oh, fairy dust. Oh, my gosh, all my dreams are fulfilled. No, what he showed me, he said, I'm going to release a spirit of understanding so that my people truly understand how to partner with me in order to help facilitate these dreams being fulfilled. Amen. And so that's what, that's what is happening. And you've got a witness of two people that are saying, it's weird. All of a sudden, I've got this clarity and I've got this understanding about my condition and almost like my journey. Like I see what God has been doing and I see what the enemy, and now I have understanding. Therefore, I know I can partner now that I understand. You know, it's like having, it's like taking a test and somebody slipping you that note with all the answers on it, right? How many of you did that? Was it just me? Right? Y'all remember Algebra 2? You're like, no, no, no. I got caught. <laughs> I could never get away with anything. I was like. All right, so um, I have this apple. I'm going to cut this apple. But I can't talk while I cut the apple. I'll hold this. Okay. Okay, everybody. This is, these are called, this is called visual aids. Okay. It's like the cooking show, right? Don't you love the cooking shows? How many of you watch the cooking shows? 
And you're kind of mesmerized. You're like. Cut that out. Okay. Okay, so, okay, get this back. Okay, thank you, baby. How did you know I needed water? By the way, you look so good tonight. I just want to tell you that. <laughs> 20 years, baby. All right, I got to get this little seat out of here. Okay, there it is. All right, I love Rick Pino. I mean, you love Rick Pino. <laughs> See, I don't really even need a mic. Everybody heard me. <laughs> Switch foot. <clears throat> so, <laughs> right, right? So, Rick Pino, I love what he said. He was telling this great story about his grandpa and the apple tree and everything. And he said this, and it just so impacted me. He said, you know, you can see on a tree how many apples are on a tree. You can count them. How many apples? But you can't tell, he said, how many apples are in a seed. But I'm telling you, you can't see. Wait a minute. Let me see if I can get this seat out so you can see it. Oh, hold on. They're slippery. Oh, man. Can you see? Okay, you can't see it. You can't see it. All right, there. Can you see it? Yeah. All right, see that? See that seed? Do you know how many trees are in that seed? That's right. It's endless. And it goes on and on and on. And the Bible says... That the word of God is a seed. And so when the Lord talked to us about his kingdom, he said, my kingdom is basically like a garden. My kingdom is based in agriculture and the principles of agriculture, which is kind of weird because he was a carpenter. So he wasn't like, the kingdom is like a chair that I made, right? Right? <laughs> It's this couch, and I made this table for my mom, and then she sat at it. No, 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 no. He began to talk about agriculture, but yet he wasn't a farmer, but yet he was a farmer. His father is the farmer, right? And so he's, he's talking in terms of gardening because the whole concept of the earth was supposed to be a garden. So when Adam and Eve came, they taught, he ta God himself said, watch this. I'm going to start creating these beautiful things. And I'm going to create them. One day I'm going to create this, and the next day I'm going to create that, and the next day I'm going to, and they've never been seen before. But I'm just going to pull them out of my imagination because I love the beauty of what I'm making. Look at this. And every single thing that I make, I'm going to make it by the power of my word. And so he made everything. He made the trees, <clears throat> the herbs, the cows, the fish, the birds. And he said, now everything is going to reproduce over and the glory of God is going to be seen because when God does supernatural miracles, what happens? Bam, he gets the glory, right? So anyway, so I'm there and I'm like, okay, I got to double down on this because something's moving and something's happening and you got to know the season that you're in if you're, if you're a farmer, right? A farmer knows the season that he's in, and he knows how to tend the crop during that season. And so I really began to go hard after this, and I doubled down on it. And day and night, night and day, man, this stuff is coming out of my mouth. John's going to own his own business. He's going to buy his partners out. Da, 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 da. Okay, long story short, John ends up, the whole thing ends up blowing up, and his partner said, we'll sell you our partnership for a dollar.
I mean, right? Now, again, what happened there? What happened there was the same thing about casting lots. I spoke the word, and their behavior had to line up with the word. Now, let me tell you the other side of this. If I'm in the earth, what am I doing? I'm getting into witchcraft, and I'm getting into manipulation, and I'm trying to use my earthly words to manipulate somebody to give me what I want and to give me my destiny. But, but that, what does that do? That creates stress and heartache and hardship. But over here, what am I doing? I'm just repeating what God said. Over and over and over. So then the month after that, he bought out his partners. The month after that, his business started to soar. A year later, he was making what the Lord, what the Lord told me that he would make. Because all of his clients had to respond to the word. The word created favor and open doors, and it made the earth give up its resources to John and to my account. Praise God. And so now, what do we get to do? We get to build the house of the Lord. We get to sow into the kingdom. We get to be the answer for other people. Amen? All right. One more. All right. So uh, we had a uh, wonderful worship leader whose husband um, years ago, uh, he fell asleep in his car at a Dallas Cowboy football game. Um, in August. You don't fall asleep in your car in Dallas in August because that's not going to be good. Um, so it was like 116 degrees. It was like one of those scorching days. So anyway, his body temperature went all the way up and it caused his brain stem to separate from his brain. So his, so it just went, which means that he was now um, comatose, brain dead. So they throw him on ice. They work on him. He codes. His body is just like it's shutting down, and John and I at the time weren't even in town. We heard about it. We just began to pray, and I got home, and over the weekend, he coded four times. Now, this uh, is one of our worship leaders, and, and she had a two-year-old, and I just said, not on my watch. This is not going to happen, and really, guys, we need to start getting a righteous indignation and a righteous anger about what the enemy tries to steal from us and just say, no, this isn't going to happen. So I was doing my dishes, and I'm talking to the Lord, and I said, <clears throat> what are you going to do about this? And um, he said, what are you going to do about it? I was like, well, I don't know. What am I going to do about it? And he said, I want you to call uh, that community and your community to fast and pray for three days. I want you to go to the hospital and I want you to lay hands on him and I want you to tell him he's going to wake up in three days. And I was like, Okay. Again, I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I did that, and uh, they belonged to a church that didn't believe, and they never fasted and prayed, and they didn't believe in the prophetic, and they didn't believe in any of this kind of stuff. And they said, oh, that lady at that church, you know, don't do that because, you know, she's just going to lead you into false hope, and it's not going to be. And so this was the pastor of that church that was saying all of this. And so I didn't know all that was going on at the time. I was just like this girl going, okay, well, this is what the Lord said to do. And so John and I went down there, and we were on Sunday, and here were, here they all were. And we were like, okay, we're going to fast and pray for three days, but first I need to lay hands on him in ICU, and he's got all of this stuff all connected to him. And I got to go in there, and I got to tell him he's going to wake up in three days. And I mean, it was like the death walk, you know. I mean, it was so hard because I was thinking, okay, what if this doesn't work? How many of you have had that thought? What? I got to go raise this guy from the dead? I mean, he's dead. They're telling her, 
He's not going to last it through the week. His organs aren't going to last. There is no brain activity at all. The guy's gone. So uh, anyway, I go over there, and I'm like, in three days, you're going to rise. I did it. That was not, it wasn't spiritual. It wasn't, it was, I was like, not, it was not good. But listen, hey, it's the word still the same. I did what you said, God. So then uh, around the clock, we fasted and prayed around the clock, around the clock. Three days went by. The guy woke up and he said, I'm hungry. And there was not one thing wrong with him. There was not, he had no motor skill problem. He had no brain problem. Full brain activity. The guy is 100% healthy. Amen. Here's the thing about the word. The word always works. So here are quickly six things. I want you to write this down. Be a student. I'm going to be a teacher. All right, number one, you got to know what to sow. So you got to receive the word. The word will give you courage. Um, You have to confirm the word of the Lord. And remember, this is all on God. Um, Remember, he gives seed to the sower, right? So he's going to give you the seed. So you you have to not just receive the word, but wait until the word gets confirmed. And he'll confirm it two or three times because he's so faithful. And he's more invested in your seed than you are. Um... And so I think for me, you'll have to develop your own language with the Lord. But I always say to the Lord, what are you going to do about this? Because he's, because remember, he said in Haggai 2, I will make you like a signet ring. And so he's developing us, and it's really on him. So when he gives me the word, I'm like, okay, what are you going to do about this? And how are you going to make this happen? What can I do to partner with you in seeing this seed through? And so the second thing, you've got to know how to sow. You've got to agree with the word, number one. Number two, you have to prophesy the word out loud. And number three, am I going too fast? <laughs> number one, agree with the word. Number two, prophesy the word out loud. Listen, people think I'm insane because I'm in my car all the time and I'm prophesying. I prophesy, 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 prophesy. I repeat what I heard you know, I'm, I'm the great repeater. It's just like I'm a parrot. So then number three, you speak the word out loud for others to come into agreement. So I go around and when I know that it's a word of the Lord and I know that I've got a tiger by the tail, I go around and start telling people. Because again, I'm looking for agreement with people to come to say yes to my word. Because your fire, my fire makes a big fire, Right. Okay, uh, number three, what happens? The seed is going to get tested. Immediately when the seed goes into the ground, the enemy is going to come around and start trying to plant doubts. Did God really say, who are you? Who do you think you are? That he said you're going to birth revival. He's not really going to do that through you. You're not good enough. Blah, 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 right? And just like with John and I, we sowed the seed. We sowed the seed, and immediately, or we sowed the seed of uh, the tithe, and immediately, you know, I got fear, and the Lord was just, you know, uh, or we said yes to the Lord. Let me back up. We said yes to the Lord. We got half of what we needed, and the seed immediately got tested. The word of the Lord and our agreement with God immediately got tested, and what we could have done is said, well, maybe we'll do it next month when we have enough money. But it's like, no, I'm going to press through this, and I'm going to do what God said, and if I die, I die. Guys, look around you at this building. I had half what I needed to build it. But the Lord said, go, 
And I just said, yes, Lord. And every day I spoke this building into fruition and the Lord showed up with $300,000 I mean, and $200,000 came um, in almost one month and it came from about 50 people that were not millionaires. Why? Because God said. And I stand on that word and I'm like fearlessly... I'm going in, you know. I mean, who are we? Really? We're giant slayers, you know? That's our inheritance. Okay, uh, the seed gets tested, but we stand on that word. We stand on that word. And here's the thing about the testing of the seed. Do you know that when you plant a seed in the ground, it is the heat that causes the seed to burst forth? It's the heat that causes it to begin to germinate because it causes that shell, that outer shell to break open so that the sprout can start coming up. Thunder, when, I mean lightning, when lightning hits the ground, do you know what it does? It causes energy to go into the ground and under the ground and all of the seeds respond to the, the energy of the lightning. And they all start standing up and getting ready to come up towards the light. How'd y'all like that? That was me. I was a seed. All right. I'm on number four now. I was on number three. The seed is tested. Stand, therefore. Stand, therefore, on the word that you received, and don't get out of the place that God has placed you because he will bring you to the next phase of the harvest if you stand and speak out the word of God. And a lot of us, we get stuck in this place right here. Because the enemy comes in and we begin to back away. And we begin to complain. And we begin to speak the obvious. You know, Captain Obvious, you know, it's just like, well, here are all the things that are really happening. Blah, 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 blah. I don't have any money to pay my blah, 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 blah. And, 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 our, and our words are the opposite of the word of God. And it's like hitting the pause button on the promise. And the Lord's like, okay. You think it's the enemy that's keeping you from your promise, but it's actually your own words that are keeping you from your promise. I mean, if I can get that much money into my checking account, ladies, I'm telling you the word of God works. And we cannot agree with the enemy. All right, number four, we have to know how to water the word. Um, we water the word with other words. What? I'm not. Oh, Lord, give me the gift of administration. <laughs> All right, whatever number it is. I'm on six. Okay, we'll pretend like it's six. How to water the word. Okay, here's the thing. How to water the word. This is how I word. Oh, you know, you water the word uh, with the word. But you water the word with action, okay? So you start to get into a season where you realize Okay, something's happening, something's moving. I'm going to have to step out. I know I've come into the season to begin to step out. I knew when things started going on in John's business, I knew when the Holy Spirit started talking to me about uh, the dead man that it was time to go and do something, right? So I know I entered into the word being real, okay? And so I've got to start taking action towards that end. Um, 
here's the thing. You have to continually keep the word in front of you. Paul told Timothy, I want you to war with the prophetic word. I want you to declare the prophetic word. I want you to take the logos word and I want you to layer it with the prophetic word like he showed me to do. These two things will create momentum and begin to get you out of the place of being stuck. Um, Thankfulness about who he is, what he's doing until the word comes to pass. Um, Because here's the deal. The word is still in play. The word is still in play. If the word is still in play and hasn't come to pass, that means you got to still work the word. And and, um, get rid of negative people in your life that come against you and say something different than what you're saying. Because that'll just, that'll, that'll spoil your heart. That'll cause you to get into, to, you know, confusion. It's just a bunch of witchcraft and say, I love you, but you and I are going to be acquaintances in this season. <laughs> I'll pray for you. No, don't do that to me, baby. You know I've lost count. I'm a prophet. Come on, not a teacher. Work with me. Um. So, no negativity. Um, Okay, till the soil. Here's the thing. It's after itself. And so when he said that, what he did is he set a principle in motion for agriculture or for his kingdom. And so then here comes Adam and Eve. And and he said, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. So I'm going to give you an assignment. He didn't say, I want you to have babies. He didn't say that. He said, I want you to be fruitful, and I want you to multiply. Jesus used the same language. I want you to be fruitful, and I want you to multiply 30, 60, 100-fold. And so he continually talked about the seed. He continually talked in terms of harvest. He continued, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, laborers in your harvest, you are asking us to pray for laborers in your harvest. And what you're, I believe, part of that and an additional revelation to sending laborers out into the fields is that each one of us have a field within our own lives and he's saying you need to learn to harvest and be a laborer and harvest your own seed so that your seed can come to its promise so you can have 30, 60, and 100-fold fruitfulness and cities will fall under the power of the words that you speak. Amen? All right. um, Okay, who wants this apple? Because I have to get rid of it. Who's hungry? Come on, come on, come on up and get an apple. Come on, baby. It's not, all right, it's not the, it's not the latest book I wrote or a CD, but come on. <laughs> okay, hold on. All right. <laughs> the sword of the Lord. <laughs> All right, turn in your Bibles to um, Haggai 2. Um, the book of Haggai, so the Lord's had me in the book of Haggai because, you know, of course, you know, I'm Zerubbabel. I'm having Zerubbabel's baby, and that's another story. But anyway, um, so he's had me in the book of Haggai and the book of Zechariah and the book of Ezra, and I've been chewing on it for 15 years. No, I'm not kidding you. I'm sure there's other books in the Bible, but I, I like to visit them every now and then, but this is kind of where I camp out. And so the Lord told me when we entered into uh, last year, the Lord said, you're in the book of Haggai. The body of Christ, the church, is in the book of Haggai, which is really cool because it's only two chapters. So I thought, well, that should be easy for all of us, right? 
So the book of Haggai, here's in summation, this is what it is. Chapter one, he's saying, all right, here's the deal. You guys have been working, 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 all right? And you are not seeing much benefit from your labor. And so you're laboring, you've got purses, the purses have holes in it, and all of your money and all of your efforts, you're not seeing the fullness of your efforts. It feels like that no matter how hard you work, you're only seeing a portion or a measure of your labor. How many of you can bear witness to that? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And he, then in, um, in Haggai 2, he begins to talk about the nations raging, the nations are shaking, and that's one of the things that Corey hit on in um, Psalm 2, and he talked about how the nations would begin to uh, uh, come against and plot and plan against taking Jesus out of everything. And so, um, and, 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 he, and so he talks about the shaking of the nations, and, and in Haggai 2, He's not talking about the temple that he's prophesying to because Haggai's a prophet and he's prophesying to those that are going to rebuild my temple. Now, remember what the Lord said to me. I want you to rebuild my temple. What did Haggai prophesy? I want you to rebuild my temple. You know when he's talking about a rebuilding, things are about to get good because this book right here, the 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 um, the uh temple that Zerubbabel built never experienced the prophecies that are in this book, even though this was prophesied to Zerubbabel. Are you guys with me? Are you tracking? So we can extrapolate, big word, from that, that he must have been prophesying for a different temple, but yet there was another, never another temple built. This was the temple that rejected Jesus And so the word is that this temple would see the glory of God in it and and that the silver and the gold would be poured out in that generation. That the glory of God would be poured out in these temples and the silver and the gold would be poured out in this people. Okay? Okay? Are y'all with me? He says, the glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former. And in this place, I will give you peace. And he goes on to, uh, and then uh, further up, he talks about this, the silver and the gold. Okay, but this is what he said to me. Now, I think we've got it uh, up here, but I want you to follow along with me. Because chapter 2, uh, verse 15 through 19 is really what I feel like the Lord is saying to us and to you tonight. And now carefully consider from this day forward, from before the stone was laid upon upon stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days when one came to a heap of 20 ephahs, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw out 50 baths from the press, there were but 20. I struck you with blight and mildew and hail in all the labors of your hands, yet you did not turn to me. Consider now from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the, of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Okay, stop there. Because he said, all of your measures, I ha- the Lord is saying, I have not allowed that to come to the fullness of its fruitfulness. And he says here in chapter one, because you're all building your own houses. You were all, all of your focus was on building your own houses and building and not building my house. 
And he said, but now, and this is what he says. He says, but now consider it. He says, is the seed still in the barn? Remember the seed. Is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yielded fruit. But from this day, I will bless you. And so there's a shift that's happening and a transition that's happening. And he's moving them out of the place that they were at. And when the the Lord says, I'm going to bless you again, he's not saying, I'm going to throw a bunch of, 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 you know, uh, miracles on you, like poof, all of a sudden, uh, you know, a magic wand comes. But what he's saying is, I'm actually going to release something to you that will enable you now to begin to get on my plan and have understanding fully how my kingdom functions. And so I believe that the body of Christ is coming into a time where they begin to really understand about the kingdom system because there's two systems functioning in the world right now. There is the system of the earth curse or the system of this age, and there is the system of the kingdom, and those two things are similar but yet tremendously different. Because the, the seed of God or the word of God actually is a supernatural seed. And it has a supernatural DNA element to it. Therefore, it is a higher word than the words that are spoken in the earth. Now, I want you to pay attention because a lot of us who are older than 30, <clears throat> are um, we, we are used to the um, industrial age. Woo, woo! Uh, the industrial age. So the industrial age was, okay, we're going to make a bunch of stuff, right? I was born in an age where there weren't even microwaves, okay? When I first had a cell phone, it looked like a brick, guys. It was crazy. But uh, but what's happened is we've moved from the industrial age into the information age. Well, the, the good news and the bad news about that is good news, you get a bunch of information. Like today, we're like, Siri, what is uh, Cinco de Mayo? Because we're like, we don't know. We're going to have tacos with Chad, and we don't even know what Cinco de Mayo is. I think we should be educated on that, right? So, uh, so again, the information age, bam, there's your answer. Thank you. That was amazing. It's a voice of a woman that I don't know talking to my husband. <laughs> Back away. <laughs> so, but the point is, you have like this huge swirl of words. Oh, wait, that word doesn't mean what it used to mean. Now the word means something else because everybody says that it means something else, but I don't know what that word means. And so, but... Okay, so I'm not, I can't get any clarity because there's so many words swirling around me all the time that I'm like bombarded with words, right? Am I right? Okay. So the Lord said, this day I will bless you. And then he goes on to tell old Zerubbabel, my favorite guy, we had to change our name. We used to be the house of Zerubbabel, but I'm not kidding you. My staff couldn't even spell it. I was like, oh my. Guys, it's been five years. Come on, it has two B's. Anyway, so he says this. He says to Zerubbabel, now from this day forward, I'm going to bless you. Guess what's going to happen? All of the chariots and the kings are going to come down. That means every, every place where you haven't had peace, you're going to have peace because I'm going to bring the chariots down because I'm going to put blessing on your words and you're going to begin to understand how to function in the kingdom. And he said to Zerubbabel, now I'm going to make you like a signet ring. What's a signet ring? It's authority, but it's the signature of the king. So that anything that you, and it was for edicts and for declarations, and so whatever it is that you say, 
And whatever it is you declare has the full authority of the king on it. All right, so this is really good news. Are y'all excited? All right, so here's where the battle is. Because remember in the garden, okay, but let's go back to let's go back to the garden. Okay, there they are. La 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 la. Oop, she ate the forbidden forbidden fruit. And um so the Lord's like, okay, here's the deal. Okay, um, I there's there's this curse that's coming on you now. And the curse was two things. It was on uh, the the man and the woman's relationship, right? Okay, you're gonna rule over her. And um, the second was on the toil, um, you're going to be, you're going to, that was on the labor. So, so they were cursing the, he was, he cursed the, the labor. And so it used to be easy. Like, what's your job description? Well, I just tell things what they are and they become what I say they are. <laughs> what? Okay. You're an orangutan. Wow. Look at that. You are, you are, you have a red butt, <laughs> Right. I mean, you know, you're an aardvark. So weird, you're eating ants. I didn't know that would happen. But, I mean, it was just crazy stuff, right? So he goes around, he's, like, naming all these things. And um, so that right there, I want you to think about that. How hard did that guy have to work? Not very hard. He'd hang out with God, and he'd, get the, he'd be so inspired with creative thoughts He would hang out with God and be so inspired with creative thoughts. And here's the thing. We're so planted in the earth that we don't even know how to dream anymore. You know, it's like we think we we see things and we think this is it. God's like, man, you got to get your head up. You got to get your head up out of Facebook because I'm going to take the universe and I'm going to peel it back. The part that hasn't even expanded yet, and I'm going to give you that. If you can dream with me, I'll show you things that have never been seen before. I'll, I'll give you songs. I'll, you, will, you will touch the hem of my garment, and electricity will go through you if you will take the time to get my word. Wow, I'm not even off page one. So, Adam and Eve. So, so, so he said this to the snake. He said, listen, I'm going to put a battle between your seed and her seed. I'm going to put a battle. There's going to be a battle between the words. I'm going to put a battle between the enemy's word and, and the word of my sons and daughters or Eve's, whoever Eve happens to, you know, and we're part of that, you know. I'm, I'm Eve's kid. Um, okay, never mind. So, the battle of the ages is not over sin. The battle of the ages is over the word of God in his sons and his daughters. The word of destiny that gets planted in us, and that's why the reason it gets planted, like me, I got planted with the seed of God, and it was so beautiful, and it was a promise, and it was a word. And all of a sudden, like I said, I thought it was going to be like uphill battle. I was going to be rich and good looking. No. You know, everything started coming against me. Why? It had nothing to do with me. It had to do with the word of God and the seed of God that got planted in me. And so I think God is maturing us so we start understanding about what's really going on. 
So the battle is between what I think and what God said, right? Stinking thinking. Oh, I think blah, 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 blah. And the Lord's like, yeah, ask me. The sons of God are led by the... That's right. So the Lord talks in all of these parables, and everybody is like, what you saying? Right? They didn't know. It was like a mystery. My husband is a parable talker. He used to be a farmer. I haven't seen one tomato, but he grew up on a farm. He'll tell everybody all about it, and he talks in all of these, like, farm parables, but still, no tomatoes. <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> So, so he's talking about the parable of the sower of the seeds, right? And so he's like, okay, here are all the grounds that they fell on. You got the stony ground. Wait a minute. You got the thorns. You got the wayside, right? And all these seeds are like, bam, 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 getting burned up, cares, cares of the world, stealing it, blah, 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 you know? I don't really believe it yet. It got sown in my heart, but I'm not really sure, all that kind of stuff, Okay. And then he said, hey, you know what? Um, There is also this seed that falls on good ground. And he said, that good ground is the ground of understanding. And so that's the ground of understanding that will produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. And so there are seeds that are within you that you've been holding onto and promises that you've been believing the Lord for. And he's saying, I'm about to give you some understanding to help you get that seed out of its seed form and into a tree of life. So understanding what? So God, when God is blessing the seed with understanding, what are we supposed to understand? We're supposed to understand how the kingdom works. Because he said, seek first. He didn't say, seek first God, right? He didn't say, seek first me. He said, okay, let me with all your heart, minds, blah, blah, blah. But, but, he, but he said, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the system that I have put in place so that you can be fruitful and multiply. All right, so, so what is that system and how does that system work? Because the thing about the system of the kingdom is that it always works 100% without fail. That's why he said you need to seek this, and if you seek this, then all of this other stuff is going to be given to you, okay? But, but don't seek after yourself. Don't seek after this. Don't seek after that. You need to go to me, and you have to understand how this works because I put it in my word, but don't just read my word for the sake, but read my word and say, God, teach me to pray and teach me about your kingdom. So turn in your Bibles to Pentecost because this is a prophetic conference. So, of course, we have to, hint, we have to go to Acts 2. And it, oh, verse 17. Okay, so Peter's like, all this stuff is happening. Bam, Holy Spirit breaks in. God is now with man. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass in the, verse 17, it shall come to pass in the last days, said God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servant and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will. Right. So basically what he's saying is, listen, I went to heaven. I opened up the door. I tore the veil. I opened up the door. And, and what's coming out of that door or what? Words. Words are coming out that door. 
And he's like, Revelation 4, what? Come to me so I can show you the things that must come after this. And that wasn't for the super holy, but it was for every man. Do you remember when the prophetic was like being reintroduced and it was so weird? Like there were like two people in the whole earth that were prophets, you know, and everybody was like, let's go there, you know? And then there were like a handful. And then, you know, we were all doing that worship, the prophet thing, you know? And it was just like, I want a word, I want a word, I want a word. And praise the Lord that he, he sent the prayer movement. And he said, okay, the thing might, okay, God is such a good designer. He's like, okay, I'm going to give a generation that's in the middle of the busiest generation and the most uh, defiled generation that has ever walked the earth. I'm going to do this. I'm going to cause them to have a heart for prayer. And they're going to do the opposite of what the earth is saying. And they're going to give themselves to day and night, standing around the tree of life and, and just saying, Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy of my time. You're worthy of my heart. I give you my life, and I'll spend my life worshiping you in this place and ministering to you. Amen? And so then this, this prayer movement is sweeping the earth. I mean, this is not like a creative marketing plan that got this thing to go. It is only sovereignly by the hand of God. 15 years ago, was it 15 years ago? There were like seven prayer rooms in the earth. Today, there are 20,000 prayer rooms in the earth vibrantly worshiping the Lord, vibrantly praying day and night, night and day. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And what are they doing? They're scattering the seeds because they're a prophetic movement because prayer and prophecy are brothers. They are the hand and glove of God that is releasing his seed in the earth and those that know how to spread the seed. Because he looked at his church and he's like, they're not spreading my seed. So they're dying because the word of God, the light of God is going dim because they don't know how to spread my seed. So again, the Bible defines what the seed is, and it says that it's, that it's two things. It says that it's money, and it's the word of God. So we know if we have a seed, that the seed is going to produce a harvest, which is good news for us because money is part of that seed. Remember what he said? He said in Haggai 2, I'm going to pour out my glory, and I'm going to pour out my money. What's the money for? So we can be rich and good looking. No, unfortunately. <clears throat> But it's so that we can advance his kingdom. Because what happens is when the glory shows up, somebody's got to be paying for all of this, right? And so he's like, who are those that are going to sow? And so and so, I'm going to increase them in the days that are coming. And they're going to sow, and I'm going to multiply them, and they're going to sow. But here's what I found out about sowing. And I'm going to give some testimonies after this, and I'm going to give you six things that you need to do in order to sow your seed unto harvest, okay? But, um, but. I want you to be really encouraged tonight about this um, uh, understanding that's coming to us. And so the system of the kingdom, it runs on words, period. You will walk on the words of God into the thing that he's called you to do. 
It's the yellow brick road, except the yellow brick road is, it has like words on it and you're walking on the words and you know, poor Dorothy, man, she had a hard time, but it's kind of like us. We get in Oz, you know, and we're like, okay, what is going on? Because that witch is trying to kill me. I love that story today, by the way, you should tell that tomorrow. That was amazing. Um, man, I hate witches. I love them. God save them. All right, so the system of the kingdom is run on words and is run in an atmosphere of rest, which produces life and the fullness of joy. Right? Because the, at the cross, the two, the, the two things, the two curses ended. Um, the curse of the, on the relationship between man and woman. So man no longer rules over women. They are now back to the place of being helpmates and running together because two can set 10,000 to flight. Amen. And I thank God for John. I mean, that man has just given me wings to soar. You know, I mean, there's just such a, a cooperation there of how to really run together and, and bring glory to God. And, and I think um, as the Lord pours out his spirit, and this is a rabbit trail, as the Lord really pours out his spirit and begins to kiss this reality, I think that the image of Jesus is going to be evident to the whole body of Christ. Uh, the, the man and the woman running together in the glory of God on their marriage. Because that we need to be that example for them. Anyway, I won't go there. Okay, I will. So I remember when I first was, they told me, you know, the Lord's like, I want you to go build this. I want you to go build this. And I was like, but they said I'm a girl and I can't do that. And everybody, and so I kept trying to give the house of prayer away to all of these men. And they were like, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, Lord, they're not doing it. And he's like, no, I chose you to do it. I know your address. Go do it, daughter. And, and um, it was so... It was just such a blessing to my heart that John just said yes and, um, and continued to just be a partner with me in this, continually just breathing life into my life and, and saying, you can do this, you can do this. And so, amen. Um, okay, so the earth curse system is run on words as well, but, it's, but it is in an atmosphere of toil which produces stress and fear and anxiety. So you can kind of see what you're operating in by the fruit of what you're producing. You know, is it hard? Is it hard? Is it hard? You're trying to get to that destiny and that calling, but you're like, man, I'm just getting eaten alive and I'm so stressed and I've got so much fear and anxiety and I feel frozen. Or are you over here going, I'm in a place of rest and I'm going to let God do all the work because he's a lot smarter than me and he's got bigger muscles and he can run farther and faster, right? All right, so um, let me give you, well, okay, I'm going to give a testimony in a minute. But first, Here's a key that really helped me when I was seeking this because the Lord took me on a sabbatical and began to teach me about the ways of his kingdom. And um, uh, John 15, verse 7, you can turn there if you want. I think it's going to be on the screens. Um, Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Verse 8, 
By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Again, he's after fruitfulness. He is looking at your tree saying, are you producing the fruit or did you bury it in the ground? Um, Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may remain be full. As you begin to touch the tree of life and these these seeds have not laid dormant in you and you're not in that place of being hope deferred, but you start to see the fulfillment of these dreams, then what happens is that your joy is full. And, And verse 16, you did not choose me No, yeah, uh, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask my, the father in my name, he will give to you. So if God spoke it, then I thank him for it. And as a farmer, I understand that there's a time between sowing and reaping. Okay, I understand that. But here's what I want to tell you, beloved. A lot of you have been in the wilderness season way past the time you were supposed to be there. It's just like the children in the wilderness, the children, the Jewish people in the wilderness, they were there a lot longer than they were supposed to because they did it to themselves. Because Jesus said, look, I already died on the cross. I already did everything. Now I need you to get some understanding of my kingdom so that you can partner with me and begin to be fruitful. So I have a question for you. Why did Jesus rise from the dead on the third day? Was it, again, was it fairy dust? Were those angels there going, come on, man, that dead man's heavy. (laughs) Or was it that he prophesied it? His own words raised him from the dead. His own words caused him to rise. I have another question for you. Why did the soldiers cast lots? Because 2,000 years, 1,000 years, well, 1,000 years, 1,400, David prophesied. He said, now, think about that, 1,400 years. That word still there. And it came to the time of the harvest of the word, and what happened is the word controlled the behavior of those that weren't even Jews. And it caused them to do the very thing that David said that they would do 1,400 years before or something like that. But think about that. Think about that for your life. Think about the prophetic and think about the power of the prophetic and that when we get a prophetic word, we have to ask ourselves, what do we do? Is this just to give us a, a warm, fuzzy feeling and say, oh, Jesus loves us? Which is true, it is. Encouragement, edification, exhortation. EEC, it's an acronym. So yes, it is for that. It is for that. But beloved, this is your sword. This is the very thing that if you know how to work the word, the word will work for you. Right? So I want to show you this. These are my words. This is the prophetic history that I have. I treat this like I treat this. 
This is the history and the testimony of Jesus. But guess what? Jesus is still testifying through my life. Because there is a word that's coming out of my mouth and out of my life that is going to create a fullness of joy. So what I've done is I keep track of every dream, every vision, every prophecy, and I write it down. And what I look for is I look for common threads. Because if it's, if, if it's testified, if it's prophesied by two or three, or the Lord begins to talk to me in a dream, or he begins to speak to me in my quiet time, then I know I got a tiger by the tail, right? It's something that means something to God. And if it means something to him, it means something to me. And I value it like I value the word. And I want to stand before him someday and he say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. You kept my word. And I don't keep the word just for myself. I keep the word for the city. I am a harbinger. I am a place where the words for the city, they, they, they camp out. They, it's like a big ship comes in here and parks. And I go, okay, this is a home for the prophetic. And I'm going to keep the word. And I'm going to release the word over the city day and night, night and day. Because the city is going to bow to the word of God. Yeah. Amen? Amen? We do the same thing over nation and nations. Amen? All right. So here's the thing. You are a generation of reapers. This is good news. So um, I won't get into the Melchizedek priesthood, la, 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 la. We could be here all day. All right, I'll give you some testimonies. So I have, I have uh, like three testimonies. Um, and I might not be able to, ooh, 15 minutes. Okay, hold on, my uh, okay, I have one where, uh, shut up the heavens, I have one where, uh, raise someone from the dead, and I have one where, uh, I made, um, my checking account explode. <laughs> Which one do you want first? <laughs> all right, all right. So, I went on this sabbatical, and John and I, let me see if I can find that piece of paper. So, uh, John and I, uh, John had started a business, and, um, you know, as my kids said, I used to work and, you know, I used to make money. John was like, no, that didn't last very long, did it? <laughs> so once I got saved, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to quit that really nice job and, and read my Bible. Too bad that, to, you don't get paid to do that. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. That's sacrilege. Okay, um, so I go on this. So anyway, so, we're, so John starts his own business. And it was a really hard time for us and our family because he started his own business. And for two years, it was like, we felt like it was the Lord and the Lord spoken. And But, you know, for like two years, we're like, well, <clears throat> we're not seeing any fruit from this, you know? I mean, there's just like this little whisper of, you know how you're in that season of you're like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. I don't know. And... Um, that's my, and that was before I knew how to pray. And then the Lord said, and so I went on the sabbatical. But anyway, so he said, um, I want you to do this. I want you to take this book, and I want you to pull out of that book all of the things that I'm going to tell you. And he said, he said, I want you to make three categories. The first category, I want you to write down who I am to you out of the word. Lily of the Valley. The Rose of Sharon. 
I mean, just whatever it is. You are, you are uh, my provider, Jehovah. You know, you, you add in what it is. But for me, I went in and I, and I had like 13 names of God. And, and, um, and so it was a place of worship and saying, you are very similar to holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. Or uh, the, the, not that one, um, the, um, um, man, my brain just went blank. The, uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Hello. Our Father who art in heaven. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do read my Bible. So, you know, just starting with him. And then the second, he said, I want you to, I want you to write down in the scriptures the words out of my word that are your words. And so I went in through the word and I put in first person what this, what the word was for me. Because the Lord had very clearly said, you're having Zerubbabel's baby. And so I knew the Lord was saying, you're a priest and a king to me. And so there's things and elements in the word that I knew were for me. And so I began to, to write all of those down. And every single time that I did, I would say, thank you, Father, that. You enter into his courts with thanksgiving and praise, okay? So, right. So the third category, he said, I want you to write down um, all of the prophetic promises that I've made to you. And so I went in and I was like, okay, here are all of the similarities. This is what you're saying, especially for this season. And he began to talk to me about John's business. And he said, I want you to believe me for John to make uh, seven times a month what he's making now. And I laughed. <laughs> I'm like, Sarah, I'm sorry. I'm 89 years old and I'm going to have a baby. Uh, no, I don't think so. So, I, you know, I, I didn't even have faith for that. But I thought, okay, I'm going to write it down. Okay. So I wrote it down. And, um, and John was in a partnership at the time that was, um, it, it didn't allow any, it, the business model didn't allow growth. Kind of a weird deal, but anyway. So he would have to buy out all of his partners. And so the Lord said, he's going to buy out all of his partners. And I'm like, well, that's impossible because that would cost like almost a million dollars. And we're over here, you know, scraping by trying to, you know, eat ramen noodles. And, um, and so, uh, but okay, I wrote it down. He's going to buy out his partners. And then, you know, he's going to make this much money. Okay? Kind of basic. No big deal. It's not super spiritual. So, uh, for the next 18 months, I took this, and this is my copy. Um, I color-coded it for you so you could see it. So, this is everything that I wrote about God, and then I went in. And it's changed through the years. And it always changes, because guess what? I get answered prayer, and I go, ah, I take off the list now. And then here's all of my prophetic, and then this is everything that's from the Word of God. Now, uh, here's the thing. God is not a God of, uh, uh, okay, how do I want to say this? The kingdom always works, and the kingdom is a system. It's not necessarily a formula, but in a way it is, because every seed will reproduce after itself. And so what I'm doing is that he's teaching me how to sow seeds. And so he said, I want you to say what I said. I want you to say what I said. And I thought, Okay. So every day I would wake up and I would go through my list. And at first I was kind of religious about it. It was like, you know, and I would read it. And I'm like, wow, this is taking a really long time. And so then I just said, okay, Holy Spirit, why don't you pull out what you want me to pray? And so, but the thing about John Steele is that just kept coming up in my spirit. 
All right, so 18 months go by. <clears throat> Nothing. Ramen noodles, ramen noodles, ramen noodles. But I was like, you know what? I got nothing else here, so I'm just going to do this. Come on, women. You got to pray for your husbands. You got to pray them into his promise, just like John prays me into my promise. So I'm like, he doesn't even know I'm doing this, by the way. I wasn't like, oh, hey. Anyway, so, oh, nine minutes. This is going to be awesome. So all of a sudden, I came into the season. I came into the season where the seed began. All right, now, after now, I went through the season of hardship, and this is a great testimony. During the seed of harsh, uh, during that time, the Lord said, I want you guys to give um, twice what you're tithing. And we're like, well, we don't have enough money to pay our bills. And so we said, okay. So we prayed. We got together and we prayed and we said, yes, Lord. And so there was a great testimony out of that, um, that, that we said, yes, Lord. And you know how you say yes, Lord, in like the next month? You know, you're like, oh, look, your check is half what it, we need. <laughs> so we're like, we don't even know how we're going to pay our bills. And we said to the Lord, we made a, we, we told the Lord that we were going to do this. We're going to give twice what we do. Okay, let's write that check because then we'll get scared and we won't do it. So, we, so right away, man, we got his check. We wrote the check. We stuck it in the mail. And it's just sitting there in the mailbox because it's like a Sunday. You know, and you're like, well, I bet I could get that out. <laughs> so that night, um, my son has one pair of jeans, and he'd grown out of them, so they were kind of high-waisted, and he's like seven years old, and the, the knees are blown out. Look, who knew that was going to be popular? <laughs> I'm like a seven-year-old boy. <laughs> and... Uh, so I'm, so I'm, um, so I said, honey, take your, he only had one pair of pants. And I just thought to myself that I didn't even say any kind of like super spiritual prayer or anything, but I just thought to myself, wow, he really needs an, a new pair of pants. And so I said, take your pants off and I'll wash them and dry them and have them ready for you to go to school in the morning. So I did, I washed them before I went to bed. I stuck them in the dryer. I wake up the next morning and I open up the dryer and there's two pairs of pants in there. One pair that was the blown-out knee pair and one pair that was just like it. And it wasn't like a typical pair of jeans. It was a cute little skinny jeans that were gray. Right, baby? Where's Sam? Oh, he left. He hates this testimony. He's like, Mom, not the jeans again. He's 18. <clears throat> anyway, so, uh, so the Lord multiplied the jeans in my dryer. Hallelujah. Come on. See? I'm telling you, if you obey, God will take care of your needs. And that month, again, we had half what we needed to pay our bills, and we had food left at the end of the month, and we had plenty of money to pay our bills. Now, listen, I have no idea how that happened, but he's the God of multiplication, and so I just trust him in what he does. All right, so let me finish this story real quick. <clears throat> so I kept doing it. We came into the season, and I knew we came to the season because all of a sudden, things started getting hard, 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 hard. And John began to manifest, and everything in his partnership began to shake. I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. Why? So I can pour out my gold in my seed. Got to guard your heart with all your strength, for out of it, the issues of life flow. Your words are going to come out of a heart, and if your heart has anything in it like unforgiveness or bitterness, um, all of those things, you got to get rid of that. Okay, when Jesus came, Luke 4.18, he said, listen, I have come to um, 
to cast out the demons, to heal the sick. No, that's not Luke 4.18. Luke 4.18, I've come to set the captives free. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to open the blind eyes, and I'm going to set those that are in prison, I'm going to open the prison doors. Okay, the thing about that, what he was saying is, I'm going to get you cleaned up so that the word can come through you. It was all about the word. I'm going to get my people, their hearts. I'm going to heal the brokenhearted. I'm going to get everybody healed up so that a pure word can come through them. Amen? So when you're tilling the soil, uh, you got to keep the weeds out. You know, you're always having to weed, and those weeds will grow up and try to choke out the word, and you've got to make sure that your garden is, is weeded. I love weeding. It's one of my favorite things to do. I get out in the garden and pull weeds. Well, actually, in this season, I've got Jose doing that. But anyway, <clears throat> guard my, okay, so don't listen to negative words. Uh, keep the weeds out of your garden, sent to choke your word. Little foxes will steal your promise. Um, the, and then next and finally, the season of harvest, giving birth, it's the hardest time. So all of a sudden, you get into the season of harvest, and you know you're in the season of harvest. How? It's going to get really, really, really intense. It's going to get really, really hard, and you're going to be like, I can't, I don't know what I believe anymore. Beloved, let me tell you that that's the time that you need to be in community. You've got to be connected to people who believe in your promise and can help see you through. You get your intercessors on your wall. You begin to have them speak it. You begin to come into agreement because you're in the final push. And if you're a woman that's ever given birth, you know that when you hit the seventh centimeter, there is a howling going on. It is bad. But between the seventh and the tenth, it's quick. It goes really quick. It's the most painful, but it goes really quick, right? And so... When you get in that place, man, you got to have your intercessors like, and here's the other thing. Turn off the TV. Turn off all of the things that will, that will, that will blind you to what you've got to do. You've got to lock and load, and you've got to get in that place and go, if I die, I die because I'm dying on the promise. I'm dying on the word of God because God is true and faithful, and the enemy is a liar. I can't tell you how many times I've been in that place of hanging on the edge of the cliff and God always comes and he sends an eagle and, or whatever. Number one, not to do in this season, do not, do not complain. Oh my gosh, do not say I can't go into the promised land because there's giants in there. Guys, y'all eat giants for breakfast, Okay. Your words shoot giants like a big old Nerf gun right between the eyes, okay? Declaring the word several times a day, praying in tongues, gather the inter intercessors to agree. Okay, how was that? If you've been inspired by this message, we invite you to partner with us by visiting storehousedallas.com forward slash give.